Yes. <laughs> you are being recorded. Oh All right, God. perfect. Well, here we go. It's yeah. finally happening. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe will do our official honors as we get kicked off. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 33 of Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at some of our favorite properties. And, ladies and gentlemen listening at home, I'm very excited for today's episode, and I'm very, very happy you're joining us because we have a very talented and very, very well-respected voice actor in the house today. So please, all of you waiting at home who cannot respond to this, help me in welcoming the one, the only, Kyla Bayer. Welcome aboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> boots and cats and boots and cats. Yeah. Guys, solid guys thank you. Thank yes. you so much. So mm -hmm. that we can have the full frontal nerdity thing going on here. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Absolutely. So this, uh, Kyle, you easily have the longest IMDb page I've ever looked at with the amount of stuff that you've been involved in. It is simply, honestly, incredible, all the work that you've done. I am a huge fan of some of your, some of your large properties, uh, some of my favorite properties. Um, I was always excited to like, hear your voice like pop on, too, uh, in, in so many areas. So again, could not be more excited to have you here. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I've done a few things in the 21 <laughs> years in the industry. Uh, some things made a splash, others not so much, but yeah, at least yeah. at the end of the day, I can say it's a check cleared. So, um, <laughs> happy to work. That's all yes. Yes. Always the, well, always the important part. <laughs> I, I want to say, I mean, you've got easily the most recognizable goatee in the business. So, I mean, I, I think I think that's an achievement in itself, right there. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. One time, I recorded on a video game, and they did facial capture. So I was wearing a, oh. this weird helmet cam device, and they 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 took a marker, not a sharpie, but uh, some mm -hmm. sort of marker, and put dots all over my face. And they said, "Sorry, but the way this tech works, you have to lose the goatee." I'm oh, like, "Oh my no. god, I'm going to frighten my wife." <laughs> Luckily, I have like a Homer Simpson thing going on, so I get a five o'clock shadow at noon. So it grew back pretty quick. But that day and the following one, she's like, "Oh, that's Ooh. that's not good." So, yeah, well, but it, come on, game rate, dear. We're getting we're getting game money. Like, yes, yes, yes. There is an upside to this. I didn't just randomly shave it off. Mm -hmm. there, there is purpose. <laughs> Glorious purpose. Glorious purpose. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, and you, you really are a man of, honestly, glorious purpose, because unlike many, many people, uh, sadly, in our country and in the planet, they don't always get to do the thing that they've always wanted to do and dreamed of since they were uh, a kid. And that is something that you have done for yourself, which is also just absolutely incredible, because you've been wanting to go into voice acting since, uh, since a very young age, right? Oh God, yes. Mm -hmm. I think I think going throughout your life with uh, you know not that everyone figures that out from such no. a young age. Some mm -hmm. people go into their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and then they find out. You know what? I want to give this a shot, and that's that's awesome. Whenever it happens, it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. But mm -hmm. for me, yeah, something I became super passionate about was from childhood, and that was getting to do voices for cartoons, animation, 
at the time, because I'm 52 now, I grew up with the Atari 2600. That was my first console. Oh, yeah. So video games didn't <laughs> yeah. talk back then. They didn't talk even <laughs> during the Super Nintendo days either. Mm. So I go way back. And I didn't. I had no idea video games would evolve to the point where they are today, where it's like, oh, they're just mini movies, really. Yeah. They're interactive films. Mm -hmm. So. And now the voice talent are actually doing a lot of the motion capture involved with that, too. I was recently at Atlanta Comic Con talking with a fellow guest, Nolan North, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh. the mocap oh, for that yeah. Love, Death, and Robots, the mm -hmm. recent one. And it's like, yeah, oh, such a great yeah. episode he was in, too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He did two episodes in season one, I had forgotten. And he's like, oh, I want to be you when I grow up. Thing is, he's only 50, and I'm. I'm older than him, but <laughs> not by much. Yeah, he's a <laughs> but yeah, boy, going going from someone who watched watched Looney Tunes mm -hmm. and hearing about that, that Mel Blank did all those great voices and taking uh you know a cassette recorder and doing mock commercials and you know growing all the way up through high school mm -hmm. and playing in the marching band and loving drums and everything. And I was like, I don't have the discipline to be in a band as cool as it would be. It's like, I want to be a rock star and fill arenas. It's like, nah, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's worth putting up with the egos and the crushed mm -hmm. dreams of, of playing, oh, yeah. you know, for next to mm -hmm. nothing. And it's like, oh, here, you yeah. guys made $50 tonight. Here, split it amongst yourselves. It's like, oh, oh, yep. All five of you. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and and to, to have to fit in the leather pants for that kind of rate i mean it's right it's just criminal mm -hmm. and the hairspray <laughs> oh and, <laughs> and to find a girlfriend who will actually stay with you <laughs> like, like crashing your place like are you gonna get a job like my job is to be a rock star honey i meant to go out there and just wow the crowds it's like okay, okay. you have a crowd of five tonight so i hope you wow them all and they, uh, right. they all tip nicely we we fill the nightclub with all of our friends. <laughs> no new fans here. I kind of know it's a hardies, but we're gonna make it, okay? Like, just, gosh, yeah, boy, that's true, man. But yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm living proof of being passionate about something and sticking to your guns. You know, whenever it happens in your life. You know, uh, no matter what age it is, it's like, golly, I got to give this a try. It may or may not work, but I got to try it because, you know, the the whole wondering what if and having that regret seems so mm -hmm. sad, especially when you hear like they're on their deathbed and they're going, I wish I did this. And like, oh, I don't yeah. want to be at that point. No, I, I, mm -hmm. I want to have tried something, even if it didn't work, I could look back and say, hey, I got a learning experience out of it. So there's always mm -hmm. something positive to gain from from you know paths that uh don't always end up on a bright side yeah absolutely and now see you you were were you you were born in louisiana but grew up in texas yeah yeah yeah. uh born in lake mm -hmm. charles that's a city that most people have left now because it's just fallen apart thanks to oh, weather no. and, and all that stuff but yeah my mm -hmm. parents immediately moved as soon as i was born they moved to texas they moved to dallas so i'm basically right. a, a texan mm -hmm. and i grew up in mesquite which is a suburb of Dallas. And I went to North Mesquite High School, played in the drum line, as I was saying, and in the jazz band, because I just love playing drums. Always loved rock and heavy metal. And mm -hmm. and then through the 90s and in college, I got into weird experimental electronica. And <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I love Metallica, but skinny puppy, Nine Inch Nails. And it's like <laughs> all, over the, all over the roadmap musically. 
But I always went through, I got to go back and see Rush again. I've only seen mm -hmm. them 57 times. You know? <laughs> Growing up on things like Kiss and Queen and Aerosmith and uh, the good old days. And then yeah. watching the anime before anime was a word, you know? Yeah, Speed Racers, yeah. Star Blazers, mm -hmm. Battle of the Planets, Robotech, Voltron. Oh, yeah. Cool stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff that was under like much, much different names in Japan with Voltron was Go Lion, Star Blazers yeah. was Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, and Robotech was three completely unrelated shows yeah. that were master <laughs> masterfully mashed together and somehow were coherent. Isn't that crazy how that, that how that some like at least like with that, like Robotech at least kind of worked. Granted, it is a licensing yeah. nightmare to do anything with, but. Sure. I mean, I mean, you had what uh, VR Troopers did the same thing. It was two different shows that were like stitched together to make work. And anytime the three characters are supposed to actually interact with each other, like they couldn't do it. They had to like film everything independently for the first time. And yeah. it just and, went crazy. Yeah. And like you were saying, gotcha, man. Got turned into Battle of the Planets because Star Wars had come out. And now it's like, let's, mm -hmm. let's import a bunch of shows from Japan and we'll, we'll Americanify <laughs> them and, and, and oh animate new sequences for space. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, none of these episodes have anything to do with space, right? It's no. Like, nah, we're going to make it that way, though. Show <laughs> some star fields in the background. It'll be great. The kids will never know. No, not a clue. Because, yeah, there was another one that was like, wasn't. um um Battle of the Planets. That was like three or four different series mashed together too, wasn't it? Feels like it was. I yeah. mean, my God, the 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 difference between source material and you know product mm -hmm. for American audiences that are heavily <laughs> censored, re-edited, and oh, let's forget these twenty episodes that have mm -hmm. nothing. Like, oh wow! Oh, I went through okay. that in my own show that I started in voiceover with Dragon Ball Z, and it's like mm -hmm. boy, the editing nightmare that they had to go oh, through to get that show on mm -hmm. Cartoon Network. And people were blaming yeah. Funimation. It's like, guys, Ooh. it's called the FCC. There are mm -hmm. broadcast standards, and we they have to adhere to those. And same with One Piece. When it first went on the air with four mm -hmm. kids out of New York, it's like, this show has to be edited to, to shreds. It's like, well, yeah, because it's not a kid's show. Yeah. Neither with Dragon Ball. <laughs> well, no. They're for older people, but mm -hmm. they wanted to market to the kids because it's the biggest audience there is. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the studios in Japan are like... They said, thumbs up, let's do it. And the fans are like, oh, America's evil. How dare you ruin the integrity of oh, they, oh, they asked for these cuts. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting some pretty hard vibes of like NBC in the mid 90s where they used to play reruns and say, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you, you know? <laughs> like, oh, like yes. Gotta love that's that. The, <laughs> that's what a lot, of, a lot of anime felt like to me was like, it's like, yeah, you know what? We're gonna condense some stuff. Mm -hmm. We're gonna borrow some stuff, but you're gonna get a full product, all right? Yep. It's gonna be yeah, okay. you will. It'll be something. It may just be a bunch of weird runliners because that's what I think. One of the first animes I watched was Techaman Blade. Um, oh wow! Which I guess wait, I watched it as Technoman, but it was Techaman Blade in Japan, and oh. I remember loving it as a kid. I'm like, this is so cool. This dude is going out there with his mecha armor, just like like slicing aliens up in half. And then I watched it again when I was in college. I'm like, this thing is just a bunch of weird 80s one-liners strung into like one whole thing. Like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's a fascinating experiment in mm -hmm. human endurance. It's like you'd watch this stuff as a kid mm -hmm. and you couldn't get enough. But now if you can make it 30 seconds into watching an episode of Speed Racer without, you know, your head exploding. <laughs> you know, like, wow, boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to. I'll 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 die on this till uh, not because I'm trying to cause controversy, but mm -hmm. my 
my son, I told you, he's, he's, he's three and a half years old. And we made the mistake of scrolling past Pokemon Indigo League on Netflix. And of course, he, he knows Pokemon. So he's like, this is his three-year-old voice. Dad, I want to see that, that, that show right there. And of course, we're, we're watching it and now he's glued. So now I'm going back <laughs> through and watching, watching Pokemon again mm-hmm. as an adult. And I'm going, like, how, how did I get through this? How did I enjoy this? You know, and it's not that I don't mm-hmm. still, but it's like, it's like, this is what hooked me. And this is yeah. so different. Well, when, um, when Dom eventually gets to, uh, to origins, you are talking to Professor Oak right now. This is, this is very That's true. true. Mm-hmm. Are you a boy or a girl? And then if you're watching Pokemon <laughs> or if you're, if your kids are watching Pokemon generations on, or journeys, journeys, rather journeys, Pokemon yeah, journeys yeah. on Netflix. I'm mm-hmm. again. and yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this is so weird. You know, when to mm-hmm. me, I was a DJ for Radio Disney when Pokemon first yeah. came mm-hmm. to the States, and it's like, oh, this is another Japanese fad, it'll never stay. Like, whoops, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> I, I, I know not what I say. Oh, it definitely stuck <laughs> around. And then yeah. you know, it's like mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't understand what or what's the big yeah. deal. And then the the first Pokemon game that I really got crazy over, not for the battling part, but just for the collecting, was Pokemon yeah. Go. Mm-hmm. And oh, that was yeah. the thing that got thousands, if not millions, of people out of their homes to socialize. It's like we're all introverts yeah, until it's... we're not. And then, <laughs> then what do we do? I'm not. I'm not used to having this many people who like the same thing I do in one area. Oh, and yeah, like, you know, I'm the old man, definitely. It's like, oh god, dad jokes are plenty, but it's like you're <laughs> all the kids know precise mm-hmm. names of each and every one. And I'm like, uh, let's follow Carly B. And it's like, that's not <laughs> let's follow <laughs> this one looks like uh uh an Ottoman on a crab. <laughs> and the kids are going, oh, gosh. That's so and so. Like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, I do the same thing with my students. They're like, yeah, if you hear that new the baby song, I'm like, who's the baby and why am I listening to him? Like, no, it's the baby. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I the baby. Yep, like, mm-hmm. I, I call him Daba B. I, I call him Daba B for the first time, and and someone went, who are you talking about? And I went Daba B, and they went, that's the baby. And I went, all right, all right, I. I officially need to go back to Urban Dictionary and begin getting <laughs> caught up on my vernacular. It's out of date. And then, you know, yeah, played Pokemon Go and it's like, oh, I got another ratatata. Like, oh really? Like Hakuna Matata? It's Ratata. Yeah. And then you can rename it ratatata. And then it goes on to all in all infinity. But uh, going a little step back, like you'd mentioned that you'd work for Radio Disney, and since uh, you are currently living the dream, we don't always just go from being a nice, optimistic youth playing his Atari, watching his anime, and then boom, into voice acting. You had some in-between work there. So you mentioned, like, we, we've talked a lot about, like, music that's really influenced you. Uh, you DJed for Radio Disney. Um, let's hear about, like, some more of that. And, like, you, uh, you said you had time in college early working in radio. So how did you get into radio? Because it sounds like that was kind of what also got you into voice acting. Oh, totally. That was the other thing ever since childhood was, you know, I, I have the cassette recorder and I would do funny voices, but I always pretended to be a DJ. I had the turntable and put on the Kiss records and act like I'm, because that that whole theater of the mind aspect, you know, especially as a kid, radio or or anything that just only had a voice 
seem like so much larger than life. And then you know, it's like, you see all, you know, you peek behind the curtain and it's like mm-hmm. kind of a disappointment. And it's like, Oh, it's not nearly as cool as I thought it would be. That radio station <laughs> the size of a broom closet. What? <laughs> but there's like this really cool dude. And then you find this, this yeah. really squirrely dude who has these great pipes, but he's like, yeah, looks like a serial killer. Yeah. Weird Al and, totally lied in that movie. Like I was expecting right? this whole bigger UHF production and just boom. And Weird Al was one of the ones that I interviewed on, uh, oh, on Radio Disney. He was super nice. nice guy. He had just gotten LASIK, so he wasn't wearing the trademark. Oh, yeah, anymore. the big. Mm-hmm. With the saga begins, and you know, Phantom Menace had just come out, and then he rewrote American mm-hmm. Pie, and kids just immediately know it. it's yeah. like they hear American Pie going, Why did they change the words to the saga begin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who's this Don McLean guy? Like, what is nope, he doing yeah. here? <laughs> he totally ripped Weird Al off. <laughs> Someone better do something about that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, a lot of people working in radio, kind of moonlight, trying to to get into like voicing commercials and stuff because mm-hmm. that can be lucrative. And I was trying to get into that, and it didn't quite work. But uh, folks at Radio Disney heard about auditions at Funimation, which was also based in and still is today based in Dallas. So I heard about these open auditions, went in, tried out. Uh, and then, yeah. So going back to radio, I, I got a degree in broadcasting radio, TV, film. they lumped them all together mm-hmm. at the university of North Texas, right outside of Dallas. I got an internship at a radio network where I was doing, you know, top 40 over here and doing classic rock over here and country over here and then heavy metal and hard rock. And then I go from that to Radio Disney. I even kept my DJ name, Squeege. So <laughs> I'm introducing Slayer and Metallica. And then a few months later, that goes off the air. And then I on the air day one on Radio Disney, which debuted on Mickey and Minnie's birthday. Oh, of course. November of 96 on four test markets, AM stations. <laughs> And yeah, they were of the mind that children wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the quality of stereo versus crappy AM. <laughs> That's the first thing the kid's going to point out. Yeah. <laughs> More than anything else. It's like, it sounds like crap. And ironically, they went off the air earlier this year and had a crisp, super HD, perfect sounding mobile app and Mm-hmm. and streaming only they got rid of the am stations and everything and they ironically used to be down the street from where i live oh uh, so i left radio and i'm thinking had i just waited a few more years mm-hmm. but i'm glad i didn't because i came out here to los angeles to to walk away from radio not because it was terrible it was because i kind of felt like i had plateaued and it's like i think mm-hmm. i got that out of my system i now want to focus on the voiceover thing because it's so fun and I feel like I could really take things to the next level because out in LA in the West Coast, you got all these big video game companies and all these cartoon studios. And it's yeah. like the opportunity is just, wow, it's just calling to me. So I come out here and a few years later, Radio Disney comes out here. And I'm like, oh, man. But again, <laughs> I, I took the path I wanted. And while I did struggle for many years, you know, trying to get by with like part-time work, working on internet radio mm-hmm. and producing and chopping things and working the, running the board for other people. I had pretty much stepped away from radio altogether, except to try and, and, and garner enough stuff. And, you know, I got my agent through meeting with Steve Bloom and Steve Bloom talked me up to 
to other studios. So that opened doors and uh, Jonathan Klein, new generation pictures. He opened up things for me as well. He, he was like reaching to his contacts in Disney when they were making Wreck-It Ralph. They dropped that first oh, teaser yeah. and you see Street Fighter characters, right? So oh, he, yeah. Mm -hmm. He markets them and tells them, hey, you know, I have access to the English dubcast if you want. And then Disney <laughs> reached out and me and uh, Ken, Ruben Langdon, we got to be a part of that uh that whole oh, thing so cool. even though that's a cameo it's like hey i got the coolest loophole in the world i'm yeah. not a movie star celebrity and i got to be on a disney movie and it's yeah. like one of those those cool things that i can't believe to this day and it all started mm -hmm. 21 years ago with dragon ball z that led to other things that led to la to to naruto to bleach to gurren lagan to street fighter to yeah all mm -hmm. of this stuff it's been oh, amazing it, amazing trip. it sounds like that mm-hmm and how did you and Steve actually meet? I was always interested in, in hearing yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. We were both guests at Anime Fest in Dallas in 2004. And I was just fanboying because I was always a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and uh, he talked to me and he said, hey, if you're thinking about coming out to the West Coast, you know, let me know. And, you know, I'll I'll walk your demo into the studios and talk you up because, you know, uh, you, you got quite a resume here in Texas. I don't see why you wouldn't be working in the West coast. So like having someone of that caliber in your, in yeah. your pocket, basically going, you know, going to bat for you. I, yeah. I thought he was just being nice. And then I came out the spring before I actually moved here to like apartment hunt and record a commercial demo. And mm -hmm. I did that and worked with uh, Nancy Wolfson with the commercial uh, voiceover demo. And I also, I went to various studios and met people uh, going with Steve Bloom on just a typical day for him, going from across town to different studios and watching them work, you know, seeing Jim yeah. Cummings record and, mm -hmm. and all these legends, all recording cartoon stuff. It's like, man, you know, I thought I wanted to do this for a living. Now I know. Now oh, I know for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to be able to be in the same room with all these people making magic like an old style radio play and then it mm -hmm. goes off to another country to be animated and it comes back a year or two later and then then you see you know what <laughs> yeah. what, it, what it's become mm -hmm. uh and you see that it affects generations and it's like i'm so proud to have been a part of all the anime stuff in the video games because i hear the same things from people who meet actors or entertainers or artists musicians magicians or whatever it's like you inspired me you helped me in a dark time in my life and it's like it's so inspirational it's mm -hmm. kind of like every every artistic endeavor is actually therapy for people yeah it's like yeah. oh wow i didn't i didn't major in psychology but i'll take it okay. yeah <laughs> and helping people mm -hmm. i mean i think it's, that's like the, yeah. the good thing about therapies i mean you you do what works for you you do yeah. what what calms you down you do what helps you get through the scenario and for some people that's you know sitting down and talking with a, a mental health professional uh for yeah. a few hours and for others it's watching a cartoon or watching a movie and seeing a character go through what you go through or something you can relate to and then watching them get out of it and helping that you know give you hope that you're gonna do the same thing so absolutely yeah. i could think that could be therapy that could be something helpful sure and fans of the fans of the show have also said to us that they've they've found inspiration from seeing pictures of me going your face is haunting 
and it's really made me feel better about myself. Thank you so much. <laughs> so it's like, yes, you have a face for radio. I'm like, oh, thank, thank you, thank you so much. It's like, yeah, I, you know what? That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. I, I'm happy that I'm happy that I I may have scared you, but also inspired you at the same time. I also Lee. That's a word I just came up with, by the way. Also, uh, yeah, also, it's a good one. You just add a lead end of anything that works. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of the fans, Kyle. Uh, mm -hmm. This actually leads us into our first question that we we take from the fans and we weave in. Yeah. So mm -hmm. the the first question that we have is, if you were asked to do an entire interview in character, which one would it be? Uh, I'd like to do Ox King because he's like Macho Man <laughs> Randy Savage and he's derpy. <laughs> that. Or the narrator who's just pompous and self-important. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Like, <laughs> like order stuff through the drive-thru. I'd like a Big Mac and, you know, like a Super Saiyan <laughs> fries. Thank you. <laughs> you for real drive-thru, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you ever actually done anything like that? Where you've, you've pulled up to a drive-thru? or something you just ordered in character to see what happens i haven't i haven't had the guts to yet because uh, sure enough you know mm -hmm. murphy's law i'm gonna drive up and it's gonna be the one time an employee who's probably too old or doesn't watch anime or doesn't even know what it is mm -hmm. is gonna think all right smart guy using your silly <laughs> voice whatever pull through mm -hmm. like, thank you like freak go on go on here's your food go away yeah, just, just go away just be done <laughs> that is that is something i have tried doing before um i do a very bad um pompous german accent and uh, friends and i used to drive uh over to colorado to go snowboarding and there'd be a challenge that after like driving through nebraska i'd have to hold the accent the entire state and oh. So they would always like to keep the challenge going. Like whenever we had to interact with someone, I had to be the person to talk to them. So I'd put on my very snooty German accent and I'd go to Wendy's and I'd like four biggie fries, uh, is a shake. And that's all. This is horrible. Let's drive slow. <laughs> and, uh, and then at the end, you go, ooh, that's a bingo. Yes. <laughs> a, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, like going into more of like your characters and so like starting to dig a little more into Dragon Ball and uh, looking at like where you came in because you come in that we're talking like series wise. Um, I think when Funimation took over the dub of actually having the actors on, yeah. this is part of the way into the Frieza saga. So there have already a good deal, like I think like 60, 70 episodes have already been dubbed by, I think it was Ocean uh, in, out of uh, Canada that did that. Mm -hmm. And you came in, I think, originally, were you just doing, when that came over the first episode, were you just the uh, the narrator, or were you doing other characters yet, too? I first came on board as the Cell Saga was in. Ah, okay. And I was hired first to do bit part voices. After I mm -hmm. auditioned as Teen Gohan, and they eventually hired me, but that they were a couple months off from starting those episodes when he goes okay. to high school. So since I'm the new guy who hadn't done dubbing mm -hmm. for anime before, they wanted to see, well, okay, we see if this new person can do it mm -hmm. or, the, or is the whole three beeps thing going to freak him out? You know, beep, beep, beep acting, you know, yes. <laughs> some people it completely throws them off and they're mm -hmm. classically trained on stage, on camera actors and like freeze. And like, I, uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, 
and they they don't get it but other mm -hmm. people maybe from a musical background whether they're a singer and again i'm i go back to a drumming background it's like mm -hmm. so the rhythm thing the syncopated one two three and on the fourth imaginary go. nice go ahead <laughs> and i guess i fooled them into believing i could do it long enough so they hired me to do <laughs> some bit hard voices towards the end some filler stuff right before gohan goes to uh mm -hmm. high school the bardock special uh, was the first thing to come out with my voice on it. And then Gohan goes to high school and those episodes aired on Cartoon Network almost immediately. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this is this is real. This is, what? I'm, I'm doing that. And then Dale Kelly, the narrator who took over from the Canadian one, Doc Harris, he left for whatever reason and they offered the narrator gig to me. It's like, you've got a pretty wide range of voices on your demo here we think you could do it and it's like oh my god this is a flashback to 1995 mm -hmm. when that canadian version of of dragon ball z would air like once a week at like four or five in the morning on yeah, weekends. very obscure times yeah mm -hmm. and then i'm you know my vcr still flashing 12 it's like okay i gotta learn how to program now i gotta program the vcr because <laughs> i'm not gonna wake up that early <laughs> And then it's like, oh my God, Piccolo's the coolest because I saw his arm getting ripped off. And oh, it's like, this was amazing. <laughs> and then I hear my narrator and I'm like, you know, next time on Dragon Ball Z. It's like, oh my God. Fast forward a few years and it's like, mm -hmm. I'm actually that guy. What? <laughs> so I'm a fan TV. getting to work on this show. And so then, cool. And then mm -hmm. knock out another thing off the bucket list. It's like, oh, this, this is my first professional big gig. Mm -hmm. And I'm working in radio simultaneously. I'm on the air working for Disney and doing th this on the number one show on Cartoon Network that is this huge thing. And oh, it absolutely. still is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because I mean, to me, man. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, Dragon Ball is just, I mean, it keeps going. Like uh, Super uh, has ended for now yeah. because I know that the manga is still going. So who knows if, if, if uh, it comes back to anime. But I was uh, doing some research into like just uh, what Ocean allowed and what they wouldn't allow as far as rules would go. Yeah. And it was interesting because like, I remember watching this at a young age and not knowing uh, like what was going on, like things they weren't allowed to do. They talk yeah. about how like um, there are no references allowed to like drugs, alcohol, cigarettes. So like a lot of the stuff that they just animated in because again, this was for yeah. adults. They, they didn't care. Uh, so it's had to be taken out. They were not allowed to show uh, real death, technically, on there. So, which is also crazy because, like you mentioned, like Pick those getting his arm ripped off, but he didn't die. So that's okay still. Um, they also Just couldn't show wound. children in distress. No children yeah. in distress. So there all was actually the, the, yeah the broadcast standards mm -hmm. for whether it's anime or cartoons they're yeah. like super strict apparently in Canada just like they are in the United States. Mm -hmm. So you'd have cartoons like Batman the animated series as cool as it was. Mm -hmm. Come on, how hokey was it that anyone firing a gun, no one would ever get hit with the actual yep. bullets. And if they mm -hmm. fall from a far thing, you have to show them hit the water and live. Yep. <laughs> no one dies in this thing. Yeah. It's like G.I. Joe. It's an entire war that no one ever dies in. No one it's, ever dies. In. No one ever dies. No one's ever mortally wounded. Come no, on. never. But I've also heard um, when they, when Funimation originally started taking over, like, they tr actually tried to make a lot of the voices sound the same as the ocean dub did. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, when you were talking about like hearing the original narrator and you got to do this for your first time, were you really were you asked to try and be like the old narrators, or did you just do that on your own? 
Uh, it eventually evolved into my own take, mm -hmm. but yeah, the first thing was like, try and sound like Dale Kelly. I'm like, okay. Okay. Then I listen to it now. It's like, God, I wasn't even close. How did, why did they hire me? <laughs> but, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we had a chance to go back and, and redub those, those episodes with mm -hmm. that saga Dragon Ball Z Kai, but I wasn't hired to be the narrator on that. I had, you know, we were recording that at a time when I moved to L.A. and mm -hmm. they said, it's just not feasible and we can't afford to fly you back and forth to record. So sorry sure. about that. But when we get to the Gohan stuff, we'll make sure and get all those episodes together in one chunk so you can just record a weekend with us. And, you know, and that and this mm -hmm. was before now, which th this is long before things like Source Connect and other, you know, digital patch systems that that connect one studio to another existed. Mm -hmm. uh, we just had something called ISDN, which was a very expensive uh, phone patch system that would would do basically what we can do for much cheaper now. Mm -hmm. You tried out for Team Gohan, um, yeah, and then you you come in when Gohan's already grown up. So well, and like Orange Star mm -hmm. High, so he's yeah. technically still a teen. Mm -hmm. People will could get that confused, and they'll ask me to sign autographs of Kid Gohan, the one that fought Cell, mm -hmm. and I have to. Like all the video games call him Teen Gohan. Yeah. But mm -hmm. and they call high school Gohan adult Gohan. So it's like mm -hmm. it does get a little confusing, but it's like, well, you know, it's my voice is just my own voice. I had a little rasp mm -hmm. to it. So it sounded like Stephanie Nadolny's original take on, on Kid Gohan slash Goku. Mm -hmm. Um and I just I just went in there in that audition and I did what, what came naturally in my head, what I thought Gohan would sound like as an older kid. Mm -hmm. And um, I was very, very, I was just blown away that, uh, you know, two weeks later, voice of Vegeta and Piccolo and Yamcha, you know, Chris Sabat, who also directed most of Z. Oh, wow. I didn't called, know he directed it. Wow. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He personally called me to say, this Chris Sabat. You know, he's got this super <laughs> low voice. <laughs> like, we want to hire you to do some voices for us. I'm like, okay. You know, couldn't peel mm -hmm. me off the ceiling. I was so excited. <laughs> Everyone, I called all my friends, and none of them were answered. Mm -hmm. None of them were home. Oh, I'm like, oh, oh no. Ah, 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 Who do I tell? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm pacing my in my apartment mm -hmm. going, oh, my God, my dream's coming true, and no one can find out about it because no one's available. <laughs> so yeah a little well, bit crazy you know, kyle i was curious about this because i've had a chance to watch um you know some of your work in the studio and you have that that physicality that a lot of of you know voice actors will will do in their performance right like you're you're not just talking into a mic and holding your shoulders you know to your sides you're you're like you're moving your your eyebrows will you know go way up yeah. was that something that that you adopted early on or did you learn this along the way i think it's something that comes along naturally with with any actor you watch them people on camera or on stage they have to be visual they have to express themselves with, with the eyebrows and, and the cheek movements and all that stuff and in voice work you're stripped away of all that physicality but you st it still has to come across vocally mm -hmm. so yeah. i think the best way to do that is to go ahead and act out as if it's happening to you. And that's why you have Pixar and Disney animators videotape the sessions with the celebrities so they can animate those personalities, you know, bring this like, Oh, Tom yeah. Hanks looked like this when he was doing Woody. Let's have Woody do that same expression when he delivers this line, you know, yeah. and 
you know, we're not hitting the mic when we're punching characters. The sound effect already is laid in there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll like lift an arm up here and there and just offside. And we got to, you know, have the whole mic technique thing going on. So we're like not plosives and wind noise and <laughs> popping peas and all that stuff. We usually have a, you know, a, a protector there. As you guys yeah. do, we have the pop filters. Uh, yeah. It's like, because moisture destroys microphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, who would have thought that, huh? Just yeah. Water, all over, water all over the stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, I like that we brought up, like, all the, like, the physicality and actually moving around and almost, like, being the character while you're recording it. Now, if anyone, for those of who have watched Dragon Ball, uh, there is, I, I imagine there's a lot of like strain on your voice doing what these characters do because you see these scenes where they are just really like kind of like trying to tap into this like inner well of power and you, like they're screaming for what seems like an eternity. Like, how do you like one prepare your voice for that? And then how do you how do you recover? How do you keep uh keep the uh you know the money makers like safe while you're you're recording for things like this? Well, in the days when I was first starting out with Funimation, I heard about a, a throat spray called Singer's Saving Grace. Oh. That it would say it was for singers, but honestly, anyone doing public speaking or mm -hmm. voiceover tastes nasty, but boy, it, it protects your vocal cords. So you can get oh. through a screaming session and you don't sound like you gargle razor blades at the end. Uh, something <laughs> I've learned since moving to LA mm -hmm. that Chinese cough syrup. It's very herbal, medicinal stuff that's it's not just for coughs. It actually helps your vocal cords uh, get through these shouty, screamy video games and anime sessions that I consider Dragon Ball Z to be boot camp, you know, for, for today's <laughs> yelly, shouty voice mm -hmm. acting gigs that some actors that are more established can afford to turn down the gigs because like, I'm not I'm not ruining my moneymaker. And mm -hmm. I'm like. Bring it on! I got I got my throat spray. I got my herbal tea. I got the honey and the and the oh, I got the Chinese cough syrup. Like, bring it, bring it, bring it. You know, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I always learned that too because like just just watching. Like I, I've watched. Um, I think uh, uh the 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 actor who plays Goku just really. I think for yep. the, even for like the new Broly movie where he just looks like like how are you not destroying your voice with the way you're shouting with X? It looked like it was like I think it was like minutes straight of him just screaming i'm like oh wow that is impressive see the behind the scenes mm -hmm. footage is fascinating but but they never show like an interview segment after right after doing <laughs> two or three hours of ah! you know like, <laughs> like here's what i sound like now <laughs> like that's what people need to see because mm -hmm. they think oh i can go in there like, anyone can voice act anyone can scream I'm like but can you though can you though <laughs> Oh man. All right. Uh getting a little more into Gohan. Let's think of or they try to get back to like you come in as the basically what like late high school college Gohan more or less is where he's Yeah, there. I think he's so, like 15 to 17. Yeah. Before he gets absorbed and becomes a bookworm. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of like wandered. Yeah, that's like where we see Gohan kind of pick up after like the cell saga is over. We have this giant like shift in the character where wow. it's kind of like dad is gone and now he's just under mom's influence and he becomes almost a different character um he from does. who he was originally and mm -hmm. piccolo let's face it piccolo is his dad his definitely real dad. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, we've seen Gohan do these different aspects that are very commendable, very noble. He, mm -hmm. He's so pure and good. It's like, he's a great father. He's a great husband. Mm -hmm. And we know he can be a great warrior. Yeah, absolutely. Chance. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping they'll make Gohan great again, wherever the future goes with the franchise. Yeah, you know? I hope so, too. Um, which kind of like, I don't know, do you have like, even between like Dragon Ball Z, GT or Super, like, mm -hmm. do you have like a standout moment with that character where you remember recording something or going over a scene and being like, yeah, this really, this really rang home to me with what Gohan's going through right now. This, uh, this was a transformation into Super Saiyan 2 mm -hmm. uh, during the other world tournament. So he is like, want to see a Super Saiyan or should I take it to the next level? And everyone's mm -hmm. staring at him like, oh my God, what is he going to do? And the tournament tiles kind of lift up out of the ground and start yeah. levitating and mm -hmm. his eyes roll back in his head. And he's like, ah, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is so metal. I love it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's just great. a moment. It's not a particular episode per se, but it's a mm -hmm. moment that really just stuck in my, mm -hmm. my head going, this is incredible. Because yeah. coming off of playing like the great Saiyan and all the, <laughs> you know. It's like he's mm -hmm. like the Jar Jar Binks of, of Dragon Ball, but I love the great fan man <laughs> stuff. It's so mm -hmm. much fun. Yeah, it's it's the, all that. Yeah, the yeah. difference in, in the variety mm -hmm. of, of aspects to Gohan. This was a great mm -hmm. thing to see, you know? Mm -hmm. So one one episode particularly of Super, I'd love to talk to you about, get your, your insight on and what you think of the character, because this is honestly, I mean, this is what even my favorite episodes of all of Dragon Ball Super was mm. uh, episode 52, where... Uh, future Trunks is recovering and Piccolo tells him to go and visit Gohan. Mm -hmm. And Trunks, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the character, grew up in a different timeline. Gohan was this eventually one-armed, battle-hardened character who yeah. saved Trunks and tried raising him the best he could and was this great warrior. And then he goes in Z. He sees Teen Gohan, who um, was younger than who, uh, who Kyle had played beat cell yeah. all this great stuff and then he now is seeing gohan in super mm -hmm. and he is a family man he is seen playing with his daughter they're getting ice cream together they're doing basically this nice family stuff and yeah. trunks is completely taken aback by it but in a positive way so yes. what what are your thoughts like if you if you recall this episode or what do you what do you what are your thoughts on like gohan at this point in time in super when he is this much different character than who Trunks had imagined him to be or who he even he had remembered. I think that uh, it's, it's great to show those positive aspects of him and, and, and not just have the reaction be, Oh yeah, he's a wuss now and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I sit here and go, come on, make him strong. I want him to fight. <laughs> I mean, as much as that is true, mm -hmm. I am glad that we could see that, he learned something. I mean, his dad was gone for so many years and, uh, you know, he, I mean, what's, what's weirder than any of that is that Videl went from being a strong character to in super. She's like a Stepford wife. Yeah. Like, what mm -hmm. Why <laughs> did, did, did someone like give her a lobotomy? It's like, what, what, what ah. I know she was such a huge dramatic character shift where she was like, kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say embarrassed of the great Seiya man stuff, but she's like, no, no, like Gohan, you need to, you need to kick some butt here. You need to actually get yeah. your stuff together. 
I mean, she, she saw pay. the outfit I mean, too. And so yeah. it's like, obviously I guess she was okay with that, you know, mm -hmm. and that worked out, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, so I'm conflicted, I guess is my answer to that question. <laughs> like, I'm glad they show those aspects, but I believe he could be all those things and still mm -hmm. be a bigger asset to the team than they yeah. give him credit for. Mm -hmm. I think he can surpass his dad. I mean, all the, all the clues oh, yeah. are there, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, absolutely. Which actually, you kind of actually, um, you you answered to the next fan question that we had is where do you want to see Gohan go after the Tournament of Power arc? And do you think he would realize he should actually get stronger to keep his family? To go Super Saiyan plaid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because the hair colors are infinite. They will keep just progressing for what the story Super needs. Saiyan Fuchsia. <laughs> no, why not? Super Saiyan Sepia. You know, why not? Why not? There are an infinite amount of colors. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, I think he, he could go past his, his old pops and we'll see a form that you never saw before that'll have some crazy name like Super Saiyan mm -hmm. Super Super God God Super Saiyan <laughs> Super Super Salad. What? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just keep yep. just keep adding words. Just keep going. You yep. know, yes. we'll, just make it sound good. Right. Won't be awkward at mm -hmm. all. <laughs> <laughs> um well tell you what, I I know that we're gonna be getting into some more content here, but um mm -hmm. while we're we're working in some fan questions here, another one that came up uh was that since you've known the voice acting dream for a long time, what do you want to do within the entertainment industry that you haven't attempted yet? I want to do, uh, I want to do more cartoon work. I've done a little bit and just the, the being able to play off of each other's performance and watch other people screw up because actors do get very self-conscious. If you blow a take, it's like, Oh God, they're never going to hire me again. Ah! And then you see all the veterans go in there and like, blah, 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 you know, and screw up. It's like, God, <laughs> they're human too. Um, <laughs> that's just cool. Uh, motion capture is something I would love to do. I'd love to try. I mean, even though it's a skin tight, idiotic looking outfit, you know, uh, you can do really, really neat things. It's like, it's a big sound stage with big foam mm -hmm. guns and, and all these <laughs> props and you look ridiculous with the helmet cam and all that stuff, but you're acting and then you go in and basically redub yourself, redub the performance on a professional recording setup. And mm -hmm. so it's like you get paid mm -hmm. twice and okay, that doesn't suck. That's not so, bad at all. <laughs> but to be to, to be more even even closer and more intimate there i say with with the character it's like not only did i voice him i performed the moves you know for for a video game or mm -hmm. i guess in some cases some, some animated stuff too that they do motion capture for so yeah i, I want to see where that goes and and hopefully we don't get, go down the dark path of ai where the robots are not only taking over mankind, they're taking mm -hmm. over voiceover jobs. No. All they have to do no. is sample our voices. And uh, <laughs> it's like, well, okay, we've got the Kyle Bear file here. Now we'll never have to hire him again. <laughs> no. <laughs> that will not happen. I couldn't think our, of a better our, way. Our, to... union, <laughs> our union of SAG-AFTRA are very well aware of this. And we're going to be working with all the studios, making sure that everyone's keeping an eye on this so no one's gonna do the nefarious yeah. mustache whirling you know yeah. like guys <laughs> yeah I was, gonna, I was gonna ask about that if this was gonna bring like a like a back to the future 2 scenario where they use crispin glover's likeness without him okaying it at all 
Yeah. So like, cause again, his, his, like, again, as, as actors, like your, your likeness, your, whether it's like your vocal likeness or like your facial features, that is your, that's your, that's your job. So if that's, that's just legal. being taken from you, yeah. yeah, it's a legal minefield. And think about all the all the deep fake technology and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like if they hire celebrities that are maybe too old to do that, and they're they're going to portray it's still voice, but mm -hmm. they're going to portray CG rendered versions of themselves or deep fake versions of themselves. That's a slippery slope too. You know, it's like yeah. suddenly there's deep fake. You know blackmail footage of it's like mm -hmm. oh that's tom cruise totally doing something inappropriate like no it's not no it's not <laughs> <laughs> i mean the worst nope. i do, we're also gonna get a uh get a kyle Bear with his goatee just digitally taken off for a digitally removed scandal. No. Yeah. and the world no. was traumatized <laughs> <laughs> not just my wife <laughs> well so talking about you know doing new things i mean podcasting you, you've you've obviously done some podcasts before but yeah. um that's that's kind of how we got introduced was mm -hmm. the intergalactic boombox which we absolutely love we yeah love both fans of that fun show <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah yes. i got i got this wild bug to uh to get back into podcasting now that i've uh seen uh mtv vj from back in the day adam curry who basically invented podcasting uh, him and Dave Weiner uh, did all those years ago. And we've been wanting to see the evolution. What is the next step that mm -hmm. podcasting can take to connect the podcaster, the creator with its, with uh, their audience and him and Dave Jones have this whole movement called podcasting 2.0 where, mm -hmm. yeah, the shows will play on any player. Of course, people can mm -hmm. listen to it as a podcast, but there are app developers so you can access new features like images and links so you can see instead of just listening to the audio podcast going so i saw this trailer and doesn't you know batman look ridiculous and it's like and you're thinking okay let me look at the link in the show notes see what he's talking about but if you're playing it back on a 2.0 app you're going to see the image of Batman that I'm talking about at the moment I'm talking about it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you can integrate uh, cryptocurrency micropayments. Ooh, you know, you yeah. connect your, your podcast wallet to, you know, funding with, with little bits of Bitcoin called Satoshis. And you hook it up in an app and basically set the meters yourself and customize it. So you're sending money to support a podcast that you like. A little bit goes to the podcast host or the podcast app developer. A little goes to your host. I mean, you have a multiple host, so maybe 5% goes to one host, one to another, 5% to the guest, whatever it is. It's called value for value. And it's like, yeah. what value do you get perceived out of the value mm -hmm. that's being provided for you? So Patreon, that's one way that you can provide value back to the creator. But value for value is something that's almost live. It's like you're not a live stream, but you listen and you decide in that moment. It's like, hey, that joke was funny. I'm going to hit this boost button and send them more Satoshi. <laughs> and then, oh, that, that was great. And then on the on the hind end, the podcaster can see like, oh, I got a custom message. that says, hey, that joke was hilarious. And then it's like <laughs> it tells me how many Satoshis I got. And yeah. the Satoshis think that, oh, 10,000, that sounds so expensive. Like, oh, no, 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 fractions of fractions of a penny. Po yeah. The Intergalactic Boombox, another, you know, pop culture geek nerdy podcast is just me mm -hmm. yakking with character voices I created uh, going back and forth doing reviews and, and news. Um, and it's only about 12, 13, 14 minutes tops. So mm -hmm. if you're streaming Satoshis, 
you, you may have spent at the end of an episode, what, five cents? And yeah. my show is once a week. So it's like, am I really, really that expensive? <laughs> it's like, and it's just, it's just the principle. It feels good. Like I donate these, these cryptocurrency micropayments to, to podcasting 2.0 shows that I enjoy. That way I can yeah. say, Hey, you know, I'm, I, so think about this. Okay. Patreon, that that's a legit way, for example, a, a great business model that people can support, but think about it. They take their cut and then you get, so $5 a month. What do you get? $4 and some change. So think about decentralized cryptocurrency. Most of it's going straight to you. There's no middleman. Nice. And I really think mm -hmm. that as Bitcoin catches on cryptocurrency, no matter who wins in the end, I really mm -hmm. think digital currency is, is going to be the future where we're headed in yeah. terms of transactions, in terms of economy and all that, that I think this model is, is truly evolutionary and transformative. Mm -hmm. And ironically, it's not being really looked at by the big guys at Google and Apple and Spotify they're yeah. all just kind of holding on to the old model and they're just trying to monetize and they're throwing millions of dollars at celebrity driven podcast and mm -hmm. the indie guys like us, you know, <laughs> are we gonna fall by the wayside? <laughs> or you know, how do you keep innovating? Well, we got this podcasting 2.0 movement. So yeah. Yeah, we, that's we, something we, that excited me and got me back into the idea of it's like. I want to do geek news, but I want to do it on my own terms. Since mm -hmm. I'm a voice actor, I want to want to have play with the different voices in my head, but I don't want it to be a, like a copyright nightmare. So I'm not going to do my copyrighted voices that I'm known for. I want to create mm -hmm. character voices and interact with them, edit them together with me as if it was another person. So there's overlapping files and all that. So it takes a takes a long while to do. But it's very gratifying in the end, you know, whether they're aliens or mm -hmm. people calling into the show. I have a conspiracy theorist guy named Ken Conspiracy. <laughs> I have a Karen character that I just pitch up and make her sound like a valley girl. And she's very betche. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And, <laughs> and two alien dudes that sound like stoners. One sounds like Rick Moranis and the other sounds like uh, Neil from The Young Ones, an obscure 80s British show. <laughs> oh no, you saw this. <laughs> and he might sound like I'm ripping off Pinky in the brain, you know, like, but Pinky's high pitched. It's like, no, mm -hmm. trust me, this no. goes back way before that. So he caught <laughs> me, but he's down here like this. And yeah, and I have no idea what these aliens look like. I haven't, I haven't imagined them. I haven't commissioned an artist. It's left to the viewer to decide what these characters look like as they interact with me talking about, okay, so we're watching, uh, you know, Suicide Squad this week. What do we think about it? And then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that voice though he reminds mm -hmm. me of a uh, of a, a peon from the original warcraft game and so as you would lead him along he'd be like yes me lord yes me lord and <laughs> <I'm> like, yeah <laughs> you know like oh goes here the ghost area i am the key master he's like so yeah we got bits and shiggles and Ken Spiracy is basically J.K. Simmons, J.J. Jones, J. Jonah Jameson, like, hey, what's going on here? Spider-Man, <laughs> yeah. he's a menace. <laughs> so he'll call in and think that everything is an alien global agenda. Oh, my God, you're terrible. Get off the air. Yeah. <laughs> basically what, what J. Jonah Jameson is now yeah. in the Marvel mm -hmm. Universe. He's, he's a crazy conspiracy Alex Jones type podcaster. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Ken well, Spiracy, let's have fun with him.
so obviously Joe and I are big fans of, of the podcast. I mean, the quick hit mentality of it is, is great, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can you. just sit down, listen real fast and, and the creativity is off the charts. I mean, that's why um, I think I attached to it so quickly was mm-hmm. because of that fact, like you can jump in and it reminds me a lot of like a, an audio version of like robot chicken, right? Like you can, yeah. you can pop in and you're hearing these real quick hits and, and before you're even digesting it, it's like, boom, you're into something else. Right. And, and it's great. Like you're, you're kind of on your toes the whole time. So that, that meant like, I just absolutely love the format and what you've done with it. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. I I've thought mm-hmm. about that through the, through the years. Like if I went back to podcasting, would I go to short form because everyone has such a short attention span or, you know, <laughs> not that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's like, People only have so much time and we consume so much content. Mm -hmm. It's like, so I want to try different, different podcasts, but I can only afford so much listening per day. And Dave Jones from podcasting 2.0 kind of listed that. And it's like, he's got a really good point. You know, I may listen to a new podcast uh, or or I may sample one, but I Mm -hmm. get distracted by life. And then I forget about this new podcast. I tried, I have to, I have to sit down and, and give it a shot, but oh my God, it's three hours long. You know, it's uh, like, How much I love mm-hmm. you, Joe Rogan. God, does it really have to be three hours? Like, bad enough he's on Spotify. I don't want to have to do a paywall just to access something yeah. that would be free. So, mm-hmm. again, value for value. It's like, I'm in charge. If mm-hmm. I want to donate something, it's going to be on my terms. I decide, okay, this episode is worth more money to me. So, I'm going to send basically 50 cents instead of 25 cents. <laughs> and you feel more in control so, that was the appeal of the short form it's like all right so yeah i may not make a lot of money and this is not what it's about it's about yeah. connecting with your listeners mm-hmm. and the podcast community whether they work in it or whether they're strictly listeners or whatever you know just all these yeah. creators app developers producers all these different aspects working together in an industry that obviously has taken off whether it's audible mm-hmm. audiobooks or mm-hmm. podcasting where you know you're seeing even Batman is going to have a podcast with Jeffrey Wright. Yep. As Batman <laughs> on HBO Max. It's like, whoa, oh. crazy. <laughs> well, and you know what? That that's it, it honestly reminds me of uh how Will Farrell took Anchorman into the podcast realm, right? It's and brilliant. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it's so funny. it's so good. I mean, I'm I'm surprised <laughs> that more people didn't look at that and go yeah why don't i yeah, start taking copyright yeah, doing this folks yeah doing shows mm-hmm. how, how, how did how did spotify not snap him up you know they went to joe rogan <laughs> and joe rogan is huge and i get that but you know there's so much gold out there yet mm-hmm. to be discovered and so yeah. when we're finding about each other guys you know this great thing <laughs> how do we find each other good pods is that what it <laughs> i forget well, which uh, mm-hmm. which group yeah, so Joe, or sorry, I was going to say Joe Rogan's too busy uh, doing interviews with people in very precarious positions to, yeah, to yeah, get yeah. noticed by Spotify. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we noticed mm-hmm. each other on on Good Pods in the uh, the Pop Culture Nerds Unite group, and yes, mm-hmm. and you you posted that you you know the uh, intergalactic you know boombox in there, and I go, wait a second, Kyle Bear, I go, that's not just like that's that's not just like. North, like some guy who's just named Kyle Abair. I'm like, one, no, that's not, that's not right. And I looked at it and I go, oh my God, I know who this is. I listened to the show like before <laughs> and I, and it just didn't click with me until I hit the player and I go, oh my God, like I, I know who mm-hmm. this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, 
and good pods i mean uh this isn't a, a, an ad for good pods necessarily but i mean mm-hmm. we're big fans of them they've been big fans of us and so i mean just the ability to be able to offer that kind of link to yes. to people you've been inspired by to, that you've mm-hmm. been you've been you know obviously involved in in watching their career unfold i mean that is probably the coolest aspect of that platform because like you've mentioned before kyle a lot of other platforms aren't concerned with that kind of thing they're not Mm -hmm. concerned with relationship building or or connecting creators with audiences and so the fact that you're there and you're doing that and the fact that we even have this forum to talk today i mean it's it's just an honor to even be able to to rub elbows with you digitally Well, thank you. Thank you. Completely. And again, mm-hmm. this is magic and this is essential and something the podcasting 2.0 uh, creative team are working on now is the ability to uh, uh, cross post comments. So everyone can yeah. still use their favorite app, mm-hmm. but when they do something like Joe Rogan misses because Spotify doesn't have the comment system the way YouTube does. So if you're yeah. able to post comments like, I love this concept and then that post cross platform onto all these different apps and then you're able to post back replies to post. And that way, you know, I'm opening it up in, you know, Podverse, uh, a 2.0 app. And you guys over there and you open up and see a comment on, you know, something else on Good Pods yeah. or whatever. And yeah. it's like it's an even, you know, better, better thing. And again, Good Pods is like it's like a Facebook for podcasters. It, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's a really great social media aspect that really hasn't been touched on before. So, yeah, yeah. another another great link. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think this actually is a is a good segue into our last fan question because mm-hmm. we've talked a little bit about process with with podcasts and how how you're trying to market it and how you're trying to use it. And mm-hmm. this question specifically addresses uh, that you mentioned goals during an interview in 2019 and relating to voice acting. So trying to understand how your voice acting goals have changed over time. Do you share these goals with other people? Or are they personal to you? That is a good question. It's very deep. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, uh, something like happened in the dumpster fire of 2020. And now 2021 is like, hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the dumpster is much larger it. than we thought. Yeah. We have to like <laughs> step back and reassess. It's like, okay. Because voiceover is one of those few industries that managed to actually prosper during these difficult times where people are, are, are strapped for cash and, and worried to death, stressed beyond stress to, to make ends meet. And we're in the freelance world. Of course, we're all yeah. freaking out, but we've been able to continue to work. Um, so a simplistic, almost cop-out answer is I hope to continue uh, because this is something that I remain as passionate about as I did when I was eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And now that I've been yeah. working in it, for 21 years and i love the community of people that are so talented the writers the directors the engineers the fellow actors uh it's it's an amazing supportive community that you know i'm going to do this as long as i can you know it's it's great especially as technology gets better and cheaper i'm so spoiled by yeah. recording at home by the way i'm so you know just come to my you know walk-in closet and that's my professional setup and like <laughs> didn't have to spend nearly as much as other people who drop you know ten thousand dollars on the studio bricks booth and like i'm not doing that 
and then have the engineer <laughs> tell me as we're setting up going honestly kyle your setup sounds way better I'm like oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like i think if you can make a uh an autobiography of the from the broom closet to the walk-in closet uh that's right that would be beautiful <laughs> that's right that's so true it's like it, it it must irk some people and i like how much did you spend and like well you know, I got some hand-me-down acoustic foam and the rest is closet stuff. <laughs> I did drop a pretty penny on investing in a really good mic and a good preamp, but still I made it back in no time. So oh, the investment into the craft, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, you know, that's how you look at it. And you know, you're, you're in business for yourself. You're self-employed. So it's like, all right, I'm paying higher taxes that blows, but uh, yeah. I can sit here and yeah, we're freelance and we work in the entertainment industry. So yeah, oh, the PS5 is a nice write-off. Mm, I'm doing research. <laughs> research, guys. <laughs> Disney Plus, oh, it's research, guys. Well, I gotta watch oh, it completely. Yeah. Watch <laughs> uh, every last uh, Easter egg in there. <laughs> well, well, you know what? We we always like to reserve a little bit of time here at the end mm -hmm. to to let you have the the platform. So uh we want to let you know let you have the chance to tell people where to find you and and what you've got coming up nice well i just relaunched my own personal website uh, it, it's going to be like the hub for everything so that just sounds simpler to go to kylehebert.com k-y-l-e-h-e-b-e-r-t it's not herbert it's not hebert it's a bear is attacking me. No, it's kind of how you remember it. Anyway, I have my podcast, mm -hmm. the Intergalactic Boombox, linked there, all the episodes and everything. I have appearances for conventions linked there. So you can get right to the page to, to purchase tickets for the conventions if you feel safe enough to go out there. Just wear your mask, please. Um, <laughs> let's see, golly, what else? Uh, yeah, you find me on Twitter at Kyle A. Bear, at Kyle A. Bear on Instagram, at Boombox Pod. That's my intergalactic boombox Twitter thing. And I'm always putting like little clips from the shows and teasers mm -hmm. and, and stuff out there. And I'm always pimping out podcasting 2.0 and the developments that these app creators are just so creative with. And I just fingers crossed. And it's like, if we could get all these podcast hosts like Buzzsprout that hosts my show and then Libsyn and all these other guys, it's like, come on, if we, if we just, it just takes one come on and then maybe <laughs> apple and google it is like all right here we'll go into we'll we'll try your little 2.0 thing and it's all open source it's not like anyone's trying to you know i'm gonna bogart this and oh you know you have to pay me millions of dollars it's not yeah. like uh that uh that dude that did the pharmaceutical thing that Oh yeah, yeah. The price oh, of yeah. insulin or something like that. He mm -hmm. looked like a dude that you just want to punch in the face. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now this is all open source. This is because mm -hmm. programmers get it, coders get it, podcasters get it. Let's mm -hmm. get this stuff out there. We are a family. We are uh, we are the new generation of, of entertainers and journalists and and people using the power of radio in the 21st century. The power of audio on demand stuff. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, Kyle, as a massive fan of anything involving giant robots, um, I was very thrilled to have you in at least, I think, three Gundam series, my personal favorite in the anime area. And while I don't yeah. remember character names, I always remember when uh, that punk used you as a springboard. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was wondering if, if you could send us off more uh, in the super robot genre and have if you could send off the podcast today with something inspiring or something 
nonsensical from Kamina to, uh, to end the podcast. Who the hell do you think I am? Don't believe in yourself. Believe in me. Believe in the Kamina who believes in you. Because that's the way Team Gurren rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, give me, poke me in the butt. <laughs> well the hour and a half we typically have with our listeners each week is a really really awesome time i also just feel it's not quite enough when you get to hang out with someone as cool as kyla bear because seriously, he has just been in so many properties, cartoons, anime, voiceovers, that we could have a whole show just dedicated to Kyle. And it, we wouldn't have enough time to cover all the things that he's done. So again, just a huge, huge thank you to Kyle Bayer for being able to join us here on Digital Dissection, a nerd podcast. And please check him out on all of his socials that he mentioned. And definitely give the intergalactic boombox a listen because it will be probably the funnest 15 minutes of your day next week it's finally happening the episode i've been waiting for since we first started this podcast 34 episodes in we finally get to talk about that time our population on earth got so overburdening we had to start shipping people off to space to live in colonies. And of course, because people are people, and we're probably going to fight, our only recourse is to make giant robots called Gundams to wage our wars in. So please, join us next week as we talk all about Tomino's vision for the future, which is honestly a lot of sorrow, but also a lot of cool. And that is Mobile Suit Gundam. Until next time, keep on dissecting. All right, a little footnote here. I definitely accidentally deleted the original outro that we recorded for this. And Mark and Chelsea won't find out until this gets posted so uh uh yeah uh, sorry sorry guys I, my bad <laughs>